Thanks for joining us here on the Light San Diego podcast. This sermon was recorded in Encinitas, California. For more information, please visit us at lightsandiego.com. I'll praise you, Lord, with all my heart. Before the gods, I will sing your praise. I will bow down toward your holy temple and I will praise your name for your unfailing love and your faithfulness. For you have so exalted your solemn decree that it surpasses your fame. When I called, you answered me. You greatly strengthened me. May all the kings of the earth praise you, Lord, when they hear what you have decreed. May they sing of the ways of the Lord, for the glory of the Lord is great. Though the Lord is exalted, he looks kindly on the lowly, and though lofty, he sees them from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes. With your right hand, you save me. The Lord will vindicate me. Your love, Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the work of your hands. Psalm 138 uh, is this beautiful, poetic, yet desperate cry. It describes what it's like to be living with longing. Um, In a conversation with a friend, that seems to be kind of a new thing we're trying to develop. What does it look like to live with longing? Which is so much of the human experience, but it's also so much of the unique experience Uh, experience we've had over the past few months. All of us with this sense of this is not how things should be. Looking back towards the past and, and desiring for some amount of normalcy and looking towards the future and wondering what that will be. And so when we look at Psalm 138, I think there's a lot we can draw from it. Specifically, because although this Psalm is ascribed to David, There's a unique line that talks about that I will bow down toward your holy temple, which is interesting because we know that the temple wasn't built till after David passed away. His son Solomon is the one who built it. And so David is is writing this poem, yet hundreds of years later, while the kingdom he once ruled over is now in exile in Babylon, they are compiling all of these psalms together and they actually compile them into five different books. And so when you're reading through psalms, you may not know this, there are five different movements in that book to mirror the five books of the Torah. So just as Moses had his Torah, this is, the psalms are almost a Davidic type Torah. And so Psalm 138 is found in that final book of the psalms. And so these people in exile take this poem of David and they adopt it to themselves and under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, write out this cry and this lament of what it's like to live with longing, specifically for them, what they're longing for is the temple. Now I think that's beautiful and here's why. You can imagine how long the list must be of things they were longing for. They're longing for their old home, the place of their ancestors, a place of safety, the meals they used to to be able to eat. 
Yet the thing they write about longing for is the temple, the presence of God. What would have been when at the center of their city would have been where they could come to offer sacrifices to have a sense of God's strength and presence in the midst of them. And they're longing for that again. As I'm standing here next to the coast, uh, for me, this is where throughout my life I've met God. I'm reminded of how small I am and how great he is. In the seasons of my life of great longing, this is where I go. I leave the, the fray and the minutia of normal life and I make my way to the coast and all of a sudden I'm reminded that the things going on in my life sit underneath the loving and large, gracious hand of God. So I wanted to bring up three things that the psalmist points out about what it's like to live with longing in our heart. Three things that hopefully will help you and help me moving in whatever is going to happen next in this season to come. Number one, we see that the psalm points to a thankful heart. Number two, a strengthened soul. And lastly, a renewed purpose. Let's, let's talk about this first idea of what it's like to have a thankful heart. The opening line opens with a sense of praise and thankfulness to God. And it says that they give their thanks and the praise in the midst of other gods, of these other senses of powers throughout their, their, their neighboring oppressors. And they said, in the midst of all of this, we're gonna thank God. And knowing that thankfulness is not only a, a sense of rooting into reality, but also it's an act of defiance against the idols and the gods of our day. This is a powerful thing that we can do. The Apostle Paul picks up on this in Philippians 4 when he says this, Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So if you find yourself being worried or anxious, if you find yourself with this sense of not knowing what to do with your longing, maybe start with thankfulness. John Mark Comer talks about, um, one of his quotes says, how is gratitude an antidote for anxiety? Anxiety is grasping for control of what we do not have in the future while gratitude is giving thanks for what we do have in the present. We don't have to long for a temple because the Holy Spirit is already here with us. So how in our thanksgiving and in our gratitude can we ground ourselves to the reality of God's grace and at the same time let that be an act of defiance against a world who's looking for something that we get to access right now. Secondly, the psalmist talks about a strengthened soul. I love this in verse three. On the day I called, you answered me. My strength of soul, you increased. And what I love about this is for the author, the strength of soul didn't come from um, kind of willpower. It didn't come from just a change of attitude. It was a gift of God. It was actually a cry, it was a lament. If you can think about a little kid when they've ran out of strength and they need their dad to pick them up on their back or the mom to pick them up, it's, it's in their weakness that they find a renewed sense of strength. And I think this is what the psalmist is getting at in their own fatigue, living in exile under Babylon. They're crying out to God and it says in their cry, in their weakness, 
their soul was strengthened. And I just encourage you, even if you're watching this right now, would you stop whatever you're doing and would you just cry out to God? Would you cry out in your weakness and let him come and strengthen you? Paul in another letter to the church in Corinth says it like this, when he's writing to them about his own weakness. It says, but he, Jesus said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. for when I am weak, then I am strong. In the midst of Paul's cry, the response is my grace is sufficient for you. It'll be enough. D.L. Moody says, real true faith is man's weakness leaning on God's strength. Lastly, the psalmist talks about a renewed purpose. Verse seven and eight says, though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the words of your hand. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Listen, we may not know what God's plans are right now, but we can be confident that his purpose will be fulfilled. This is what it says in Philippians 1.6, says being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So here, here's my encouragement to you. Rather than trying to grasp at the, at the plans that have, have been thrown away or to fig- figure out what are, what's God's plans in this, let's ask the question, what's God's purpose for me in this season? Let's have a renewed sense of purpose. And here are the, again, these poets and worshipers in exile, and they talk about how God will renew. He will give purpose to them. And so the question right now is, is how do we live with longing? Well, we live with longing with a thankful heart. When we're weak, we cry out and we have a strengthened soul. And lastly, we can expect God's purposes to prevail, even when the plans aren't clear. So I just invite you just to join me, not to rush through our longings, but to admit them, but also understand that we can have a thankful heart, a strengthened soul, and a renewed purpose. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you and we confess we are a people with longing and yes there are tangible practical things we're longing for but here's what we know nothing will satisfy us like you so God just as the Israelites longed for the temple would we long for your presence would we long to have deep relationship with you in the midst of whatever is going on Holy Spirit would you come now and give us the power to have thankfulness in our hearts Lord Jesus would you strengthen our souls and would you give us a renewed sense of purpose Lord we love you for your unfailing love in Jesus name Amen
Thanks for joining us here on the Light San Diego podcast. This sermon was recorded in Encinitas, California. For more information, please visit us at lightsandiego.com. 